Every November, our nation celebrates Thanksgiving. Many people get the day off. We might eat a big meal, maybe watch some football, and enjoy the company of family and friends. The main point of the holiday, of course, isn't all of that. The main point is to focus on all the reasons we have to be thankful. And that's an important thing to do. Because honestly, most of our time and energy is probably spent focusing on what we don't have, or haven't accomplished, in order to accomplish those things or get those things. For better or for worse, that's kind of just human nature, and it's maybe certainly part of life in a capitalist society, too. All too easily, um, even in our extremely rich country, we can become down or even bitter as we live out the daily grind of life and hope for more and better to come. So it's healthy for us to have a day every year where we focus especially on what we do have and have accomplished. I think that we can all agree that even if we don't always feel it, Thanksgiving of some sort would really be appropriate not just on the fourth Thursday in November, but probably every single day. Thanksgiving is kind of an interesting holiday because unlike just about every other holiday there is, it's not a Christian holiday that the secular world continues to celebrate. It's the opposite. Even though Thanksgiving's origins have ties to religion, it's really a government holiday. The point of the holiday, though, to be thankful for what you have, resonates with believers on a deeper level, since we know who has given us all of our blessings. And, and that means we have the privilege of not just being thankful in general, but knowing who to direct our thanks toward. Unfortunately, of course, that doesn't mean we're free from the temptation to be down or depressed or bitter. After all, we're living in the time in between. It's not exactly an easy time for us to live in. Temptations come every single second of every single day. Doubt is the constant shadow companion to our faith. Persecution and ridicule are painfully familiar, too. We know the end. We know our hope. We've got something to look forward to. But right now doesn't always seem to be a time to be thankful. Hopeful? Sure. Steadfast? Definitely. Patient? Absolutely. But thankful? Well, that can be hard sometimes. So let's spend a few minutes today looking at why I think we can confidently say that this time in between is a time for us to be thankful as well. Luke tells us about a dinner party that Jesus attended. It was at the house of a man named Simon who was a Pharisee. God's word had just before a chapter earlier told us that this is a point in Jesus' ministry when the Pharisees had begun to look for reasons to accuse Jesus of some sort of false teaching or wrongdoing. So it's possible that this dinner was sort of a trap. But that's not necessarily the case. We know of at least one other Pharisee, Nicodemus, who wasn't towing their Pharisee party line to oppose Jesus. So it's possible that Simon just wanted to learn what Jesus was all about, who Jesus was, for himself. Jesus was reclining at the table when a woman came up behind him. She was weeping openly and began to soak his feet with her tears. She dried his feet with her own hair and then, after kissing them, she broke open a very expensive stone jar of perfume and poured the perfume out on his feet. As a 21st century American, I really have some trouble getting past the cultural differences here. I've been trying to have personal visits with all the families in our congregation, and I hope I've succeeded in making it clear that I don't expect any sort of special hospitality, just some of your time. I certainly don't expect you to wash my feet. That would be weird. But we know that in Jesus' time, it really wasn't. They didn't have the fancy closed-toe shoes that we do today and their roads were dusty and dirty, so it would have been polite to provide some water for a guest to wash their feet. In an even fancier situation, you might have even had your servants wash your guests' feet. 
We all remember how Jesus washed his disciples' feet on Monday, Thursday, the night he was betrayed. So it wasn't that strange that Jesus was having his feet washed. What was a little strange, though, was who was doing it and how she was doing it. Simon the Pharisee, to his credit, picked up on this right away. I mean, how do you not notice a sobbing woman washing your guest's feet at the dinner table and breaking open some very expensive perfume? But what stood out to him even more, however, was who she was. The Holy Spirit lovingly doesn't tell us exactly what this woman's sin was, and it wouldn't be particularly proper or appropriate or respectful for us to speculate about it. But whatever it was, though, it was bad enough that she was immediately recognizable for it. She had lived an openly sinful life, and Simon, as he tried to figure out who Jesus was, thought to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who's touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she's a sinner. And the crazy thing is, just as he was ruling out the idea that Jesus is a legitimate prophet, Jesus absolutely proved the opposite by answering him as if he had thought it out loud. Simon, I have something to tell you, he said. Simon said, go on. Jesus then told Simon a really quick little parable. Two men owed a lender money. One of the men owed 500 denarii, so about 500 times a day's wage. That means if we assume a minimum wage of $12 an hour and 40 hours a week and no taxes, it's a debt of $48,000. So a big car loan. The other one owed 50 denarii, $4,800 by the same math. Neither could pay him back. But the lender didn't care. He simply canceled both of their debts. Jesus asked Simon, who will love the lender more? Not a hard question. Simon answered, I guess the one who had the larger debt canceled will love him more. Then Jesus connected the dots for him. He compared Simon to the woman who washed his feet. Simon had invited him to dinner, but it seems like otherwise he was maybe someone of a poor host. He hadn't provided any water for him to wash his feet on his own. But the woman had used her own tears and washed Jesus' feet with her own hands and dried them with her own hair. Simon hadn't greeted Jesus with a kiss, which would have been normal and polite, but the woman hadn't stopped kissing his feet, even apparently as he was telling the story. Simon hadn't offered any oil for Jesus' hair, but the woman had poured out her precious perfume on his feet. What was the difference? Jesus said, Her many sins had been forgiven, so she loved much. Simon, on the other hand, maybe didn't feel like he had much to forgive, so he didn't love his Savior as much in return. That made all the difference. Then Jesus spoke directly to the woman. Your sins are for- forgiven, he told her. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, we all know that our sins are forgiven. We all know that we've been saved by the faith in Jesus that God has given us. We all know that we have peace with God. These are ideas that are so central to our faith that they're woven into the fabric of our worship. Almost every single time we gather for public worship, we confess our sins together. Then I, as your pastor, get to announce God's forgiveness to you in Jesus' own place and by his own power. We feed our faith on God's word and sacraments. We close our worship with a blessing that reminds us that we get to go and live in peace that Jesus has earned for us. And yet, sometimes we might get so used to it just like we get so used to the luxuries of life even as middle or even lower class Americans that we take it for granted. Maybe Thanksgiving can be our opportunity to remember exactly what Jesus has done for us. Because we know what a, a trap self-righteousness like the Pharisees often displayed can be. We know that it's dangerous for us to start to think that we're somehow better than everyone else 
or somehow Jesus doesn't have that much to forgive us for. So I'd like to focus for just another second on what Simon was thinking as he watched the woman wash Jesus' feet. Essentially, it was something like this. If Jesus only knew who was touching him, he'd know what kind of woman she is. A sinner. Well, then what, Simon? I'm guessing that Simon assumed that if Jesus knew who this woman was, he'd tell her to get lost, or at least be just as revolted as Simon was. Have you ever been with someone you love or respect and had a similar thought about yourself? If only they knew who I really am, they'd know how disgusting I am, or how shameful I am, or how much of a fraud I am, or how much of a failure I am, or just simply how little I really deserve their love. We shiver at the thought of even the people we trust the most seeing our true selves. So what about God? The terrifying thought is he absolutely does know exactly who you are. Just like Jesus knew exactly who this woman was and every last dirty detail of her past, he knows you too. The nightmare scenario that we escape with our loved ones is the reality that we face before God. But he didn't reject us. Fully knowing how little we deserved it, fully knowing that every wretched part of our past and and every sin that we maybe still will commit, he still went to the cross and suffered in our place. He preserved his word for us so that we could learn of his love for us. He sent someone into our lives, or maybe many someones, to bring that word to us. He created faith in our hearts, and he feeds it still, giving us opportunities to learn and grow and praise him. And on top of that, he gives us every good blessing beside and provides for us every day that we walk this earth. Remembering this is the solution to shallow thankfulness. Remembering this is how we motivate ourselves for a life of thanksgiving and praise. We're not the one who had 50 denarii canceled. We're the one who had 500, 5,000, even 5 million denarii canceled. Christ canceled an eternal debt for us. There's no reason every day shouldn't be a day of thanksgiving because every day is a day that Jesus announces all over to us again. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It's awful easy to get discouraged or to become ungrateful or even bitter in this world that's full of sin and suffering. But when we take the time to remind ourselves of what God has done for us, it's clear that we don't have to have a special day or special time to be thankful. Right now is that time. Jesus has forgiven all your sins. You're saved by your faith in him. You have peace every day in your life, even in this difficult time in between, is a time to be thankful. Amen.